Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith. Dr. Smith is kicking off the first installment of the 30 Essentials, broken up in three months. The first month are the 10 beliefs, then the 10 practices, finally, the 10 virtues. Because our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make him known as our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1030 Church Service begins now. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast that's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. All right, it's about that time to praise and worship with Antoinette and the Amity Worship Ministry. Good morning, Amity family, friends, and visitors. We want to welcome you here today. If you would stand to your feet wherever you are, because we're going to give the Lord praise, honor, and glory this morning. If you want to clap your hands right now, give the Lord his praise.
the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, anybody. I want you to turn your Bibles. I just kind of got a connection. So we, we've got a lot of slides, but we probably won't use very many of them. We'll skip through to what the main part is. I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. And I want you to stand on your feet while we read the text. Reading from the New American Standard Bible. And we're just going to walk through this text. Uh, we're going to make some observations. Uh, and, um, and then we're going to make sure that you leave with something. Okay, Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. It says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of, uh, from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. New series we're starting this week. I've entitled it, Can I Get a Witness? So if I say that from time to time, you've heard it before. I know if you've ever been to a black church, you have heard, can I get a witness? And so I'm going to say it a couple of times, and you know I'm emphasizing the series. But to, today, we're going to be talking about soul-saving power. Soul-saving power. Okay, you can take your seats. But first question I want to ask you to, to contemplate is, why would we study the book of Acts in the first place? Why would we take the time to go through um, this book? Um, it was, it was after, the, after the Gospels and an incredible book. We study Acts because Acts helps us understand who we are as the church. That if you can't see yourself as the church in the book of Acts, it's probably because you're not a church. So one of the things that Acts explains is the role of the Holy Spirit in guiding and empowering the church, and it declares that ultimately the church will triumph as a missions-focused church. Now, if I were to give you a summary statement, it would be something like this. We are called by God to be witnesses. And he has given us his plan, his purpose, and his power. We're called by God to be witnesses. And he has given us his plan, his purpose, and his power. So now, if, if we were to work our way through this text, okay, it starts with chapter 1, verse 1. 
So we're going to go through the whole thing. Our emphasis is going to be on uh, verse 8. I want all of you to understand that I see Acts chapter 1, verse 8 in my sleep. It is a verse that has haunted me going back to 1990 when I was first in seminary. Because in the very first Bible study course that I took under Prof. Hendricks, one of the things that you do in Bible study is you do observations. And so his first assignment was find 200 observations about Acts 1-8. And so we worked and worked and worked, and we came in and we turned them all in. And he says the assignment for the next week is find me 200 more observations about Acts 1-8. Now you're getting the deal because that wasn't the last time we were asked to do observations about Acts 1-8. And the issue is not what does it mean, what does it say? What is there? Now, if we read Acts 1, verse 1, it says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, full stop. The author of the book of Acts is Luke. Luke wrote another book. What was that book called? Boom shakalaka. You're awake and tracking with me, I can tell. He wrote the book of Luke, and Luke's occupation was he was a doctor, which meant that he was into detail. And he dedicated his first book to somebody named Theophilus. And then he came back, and he's dedicating his second book to Theophilus. Who is Theophilus? We don't know. Theophilus could have been a title, but it was some honorific individual, and Paul wanted to Luke wanted to dedicate this book to him. So he says, he says, this is what I'm writing in the book of Acts. By the way, the Acts um, of the uh, apostles has another name. Do you know what it's called? The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because if you want to find the movement and the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is look into the book of Acts. So if you are looking for a study for this week, Read the book of Acts cover to cover and underline every time you see Holy Spirit. And you'll see that the Holy Spirit does amazing things in your life. Okay, here we go. He says, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Underscore. Because what, what Luke is trying to say is, I don't want to give you my opinion I don't want to give you what I think. What I am going to give you is from my personal observations what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. Now, let, let me speak to the crowd. If you want to get your life together, how many, raise your hand if you want to get your life together. If you want to get your life together. If you want to get your life together, then focus on two things, what Jesus taught and what he did. Do what he did and um, learn what he taught. That's it. You don't have to go to seminary, although that helps. What you want to do is you want to focus on what Jesus did and what he taught. Let's go. He says, until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. In other words, 
Jesus has been crucified. He's been killed, crucified. He has been buried. He has been raised from the dead. And where is he now? Walking around on earth, showing himself to all of the people who had to carry the message. Because, in, in other words, what is the, let me speak to some of my people here, church people. What is the number one criteria for being an apostle? Number one criteria. That you have seen the risen Christ. Let me, let me say that again now. If you are an apostle, you have seen the risen Christ. Boom, shakalaka. You, you don't even have to question people as they title themselves. Just say, show me the evidence that you have seen the risen Christ. We'll just leave that right there. And so he's showing himself why. Why is Jesus showing himself to everyone of the 500 or so that he encountered? Why is he doing that? Because he wants them to be able to say, I saw him with my own eyes. What will that make them? If they, what kind of witness? An eyewitness. Oh, Jesus wants a bunch of eyewitnesses. Okay, so now he wants us to be witnesses. So how can we be witnesses with the eye? Well, we're going to talk about that because some of you in here have been healed from, from sickness. Some of you have had your marriage saved even though it was going into the tank. Some of you have, have been delivered from some stuff. You see, you see, I, see I, I happen to realize that not all y'all have been saved all the time. You, now, you act like it. You come in, but you ain't been saved always. Okay, so let's, verse, verse 3. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. Stop. This says that Jesus walked the earth for 40 days after he was raised from the dead. So, could they see him? Boom. What does that, what does that suggest? That when you die, and when you are resurrected, we can see you. And they recognized him. And he ate. Somebody in here ought to say, man, that means that you don't have to give up peach cobbler. You don't have to give up fried fish. And nobody in here said amen, and I know that's what you're thinking. You, you're going there right after this service. <laughs> and he talked to them about the kingdom. 
You see, uppermost on their mind was the kingdom. Why? Because Jesus was the king. He was Messiah, God's anointed. He was God's champion. God sent him, and he was coming to establish his kingdom. The only problem is, is it was already not yet. He established his kingdom in the hearts of men, and when he comes back, he's going to establish it here on earth. And he was talking to them about the king, but they thought he was going to ride in on a white horse, you know, with his army. And he comes in on a donkey. And so who wants a king that can do nothing better than a donkey? You know, I think that's why some people join certain churches, because the preachers at those churches have 15, 20 million dollar homes. And they say, if he can have one, I can have one, too. Boom. All right. So, so Jesus is talking to them about the kingdom to get their heads straight. But, but, but sometimes when you hear God's word, you don't pay any attention to it. God is trying to tell you what it is he's trying to do in your life, and all you're interested in is what you want him to do. So they knew, they, 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 these guys wanted to rule with Jesus. They didn't want to serve. So in verse 5, it says, gathering them, verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. And Luke, Luke talked about this in the, in, the, in the book of Luke. He said, the Holy Spirit, the God has promised. And John said it. So I said, I'm going away, but he's going to send someone, another, just like me. And so, but what you have to do is you have to wait. You, you have to wait. Sometimes we don't have no patience. Sometimes God is putting us through stuff and we just can't wait. What you need to do is if you find that pretty dress at the store, wait. Why? Because eventually... It's going on sale. Can I, can I get a witness? It's going to go on sale. And then you can strut your stuff for 75% off. But you can't wait. You figure they won't have your size. They won't have your color. So you have to get it right now. But good things come to those who wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I wish I had a witness up in here. Verse, let's go on, verse 5. He says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Full stop. Boy, dead seas of ink have been spilled over the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all out there right say, what he going to say about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because, but, because I was told, yeah, he says, you, you say, well, yeah, I was told I had to wait. They had a word for it. Tarry. You had to tarry because the Holy Spirit was coming. And yet Jesus says that you get all you're going to get right up front. The problem is he doesn't get all of you, and that's the challenge. 
So he says that when the Holy Spirit, you're going to be baptized. So what does baptized really mean? It means to be immersed. Immersed. So if, you, if you're going to be baptized in water, they put you in the water. And they cover you up. It symbolizes death and resurrection. That, that's why baptism is so important. That's why we do believer's baptism as one of the two ordinances in the church. Because it simulates dying to self dying to the world, and then being born again to Jesus Christ. So, so the baptism is important. But once you have been born of the flesh, then there was a lady over at New Mount Zion. What was her name? Sister Cole. Sister Cole. Sister Cole was going to stand up every Sunday, and Sister Cole was going to have the same message Day in and day out. I don't care. Just like I can teach on marriage on any sermon, Sister Cole could, could tell you, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. That's, that's all, Sister Cole. You have to be born again. You have to be born. And what Sister Cole was saying is after you have had your one birth, that's the natural birth, but you can't get that stuff into heaven. None of that stuff gets in heaven. So what you have to be is you have to be born again. You must be born again. You must be filled with the fire and Holy Ghost. You must be born again. And so he's saying that what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to overcome you. Remember the day of Pentecost? Just, just like fire. And it, and it sat on each one of them like cloven tongues of fire. And then they started acting abnormal. Right. Do you remember what they did? They started talking. But it wasn't. They started speaking a language that people understood. I don't have no problem with people speaking in tongues. But if you're going to do it in church, you need to do it where somebody understands what you're saying and they can tell the rest of us. Otherwise, you need to be quiet. Okay, so you need, that. so and, and 1 Corinthians chapter 14 yes, will, will help you with that. So, 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 he's, so the Holy Spirit not only overcomes you, the Holy Spirit fills you, fills you. And what, what happens then is you no longer can operate like you normally operate. Did you know the Holy Spirit would just cut out cussing? Because you can't get sweet water and bitter water from the same faucet. So, so the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, and all of a sudden you talk different. All of a sudden you walk different. All of a sudden you love differently. All of a sudden you are abnormal. That's how you know you, that's how you, know you got the Holy Ghost. Because you don't behave like you used to behave. And see, some of us in here know how you used to behave. And so, so that's why people say, he ain't got nothing. You know. Moving down, verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Listen, they've got Jesus in front of them. 
Jesus is trying to talk to them about the kingdom. But they want to know, is this going to be the time you're going to make us lieutenants? Are you going to promote us so that we can have significant roles? And is this the time? You know what Jesus said? Not your business. When I was a boy growing up, that was one of my favorite expressions to you. When people ask you stuff, and I just used to proudly say, that's none of your business. And that's essentially what Jesus said. Jesus said, this is my business. I'm running things. My father has appointed that time, and it's not for you to know. But then he gets to the key verse. He gets to the key verse. He said to them, it's not for you to know times or epochs which the father has fixed by his own authority. And so here we go with the observations now. Because what the thing that you have to do is when you look at this verse, you have to say, what do you see? Well, the first thing that you see is that it begins with the word, but. Which means that there is something on the other side that contrasts with the other side. So he's saying, you don't need to know this. But you do need to know this. I, I, wish we could get, I wish we could get our teenagers to there. Get teenagers to there. Y'all don't need to know everything. What we need to do is teach you what you need to know and be satisfied with that till you get grown. But, but they want to be grown now. They want to be grown till they get broke. And, and then they want to be your child. They, they want to be grown till something is wrong, and then they want to be your child. Am I preaching to somebody in here? He says, it's not for you to know, but you will receive power. Stop right there. That's point number one. Point number one, Christ endows his witnesses with soul-saving power soul-saving power. So what kind of power are we talking about? First of all, we're talking about power that is a part of your nature. When God gives you this power, it belongs to you. It's not an add-on. It's not a hang-on. It becomes who you are. You know how I have all these handsome genes in me? You know, you know, it's a struggle at times, but I can't not be handsome because it just comes out of my pores. It just pours out. So, so God gives us power that just pours out. But, you know, sometimes we will quench the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I said? You quench the Holy Spirit when you go to places you used to go that you had no business going. You quench the Holy Spirit when you run with people that you used to run with that meant you no good. You quench the Holy Spirit when you decide you're going to be mad even when the Spirit is telling you be angry uh, but sin not. Don't let, the, don't let the night go down on your anger. 
It's, it's your virtue. It, it's in you. The Holy Spirit gives this. And when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life, then you're no longer afraid. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Have, have you noticed that people aren't out witnessing these days? I, I used to couldn't go a Saturday without a certain group at my house. And there'd be about 15 of them. And they'd be knocking on your door. And they wanted you to have their material. I haven't seen one of those groups in ages. Maybe it was the pandemic. But I certainly haven't seen any Christians. Wait, 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 wait. So, so we don't knock on doors anymore, I guess. We got the power of the Holy Spirit, but we don't witness anymore. Don't y'all get quiet on me now. I'm going to have to call on the lights if y'all start getting quiet. Y'all know how this is. You know how this goes. Zechariah, when Zechariah sent a message to Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4.6, he said, Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You have all the power that you need. You can accomplish anything in the power of the Holy Spirit. Witnessing is nothing more than sharing Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. You don't have to save nobody. And you don't have to be all in your feelings when you witness to someone and they get saved through somebody else. I'm afraid that as a, as a young preacher, I, I, I was there. I worked, at, I worked for an oil company downtown. I witnessed to a guy, I bet you three years. Name was Jim. Every t- Jim and I worked together. He, he and I were on the same team. And every time I was sharing Christ with Jim, and I was just pouring out my soul. And Jim was just blase, blase. And then one of the guys I knew who was already a believer called me one afternoon. He said, Les. He said, guess what? I led Jim to the Lord. <laughs> you talk about hot. <laughs> I was so mad I didn't know what to do, but I had lost sight of the fact that witnessing is sharing Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the result to God. The other thing that I, I, I need to tell you is that don't, don't lose hope. Some of you are praying for family members. Some of you are praying for people you know or people you work with. Don't lose hope. George Mueller prayed for five of his friends. The first, it took five years for the first one to come to Christ. Five years later, two others came to Christ. Twenty-five years later, the third and the fourth came to Christ. And the last one didn't come to Christ until after Mueller died. George Mueller prayed 50 years for five people to come to know Christ. That is what the power of the Holy Spirit can do if you will just do your part. Don't go out and save folk. Don't go out and and be all over people. Just, see, and the other thing is, 
y'all need, there's a verse y'all need to. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. What does that verse say? Let your light so shine that before men, that others may see your good works and glorify. So, so what may be the problem? That, you, that, you, that the electricity yes, is on, yes, sir. but the bulb is burnt out. So watch out now. The, the electricity, the power is on, but there's a short circuit in the bulb. So, so, so you ought to leave here committed to changing the bulb. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Point number two. This soul-saving power is required to accomplish his soul-saving purpose. You need the power to be a witness, but the power, but you, he says, and you shall be my witnesses. So what's the power of this statement? The power of this statement is that witnessing isn't optional. Witnessing, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, isn't optional. If you are not witnessing, what does that mean? It could mean that the oil is low. It could be that you should have changed your oil 3,000 miles ago. Uh, it, it may mean, because he's saying you can't help but witness for me. Do you know what I compare this to? Uh, Glenn and I are going to celebrate 52 years married this week. Couple of days. Couple of days. Couple of days. Uh, yeah. Hey, we, 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 all, we are excited about it. We, but we sit down at the table and we talk about it, okay? And sometimes she and I have little issues. Y'all don't have a little, we have little issues. And, and then for a minute we don't be talking, you know. You just get quiet, you know. But even though it gets quiet and we're not, we not talking, yes, I still make her breakfast. Yes, because who I am makes the breakfast, not what I do. See, see, too many Christians are trying to witness as what they do, and he says, you shall be. Somebody in here ought to say amen. I mean, he said, go out and do witnessing. He said, become a witness. But you know what that means? You're going to have to see something for yourself. You can't tell the story that you, that's not your story. I, I, I hate people lying about something they have never seen. That's part of the problem with preachers using illustrations because they never experienced it themselves. What I want you to do is if you want to know how marriage works, go marry the same person, stay with them for 52 years, then you'll know. Then you can say something. Be my witness. I wish I Can I get a witness? That's all right. That's all right. No ambiguity in what Christ said. You will be my witness. Matthew 121, Jesus made it clear what his purpose was. He said, you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Jesus could not have been named anything else 
because Jesus means God is salvation. And that was his whole purpose, to come and to save sinners. His, literal, his name literally means God is salvation. You know, when it comes to who you are, I think Simone Biles is the GOAT. You know, you know, GOAT, greatest of all time. Okay, but wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be awful if Simone Biles, who does all that flipping in the air, got her a desk job? All that raw power sitting behind a desk. Well, she's going to Tokyo, and she's going to cement her name in history. And chances are no one will ever come close because of the power that she has working in her. I want you to understand with the power of the Holy Spirit working in you, you can do anything. So let's run on to the end. Point number three, his soul-saving power accomplishes his soul-saving purpose when we follow the program. He says both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Okay, let's stop. Okay, so you're going to be a witness. So where do you have to start? At home. That's your Jerusalem. Okay, who knows you best? The folk at home. So, so, so that's been one of the real credibility issues with preachers. They come out and preach so hard and sweat and cough and spit, you know, and talk about how good God is, and they go home, and you can't find them. And your credibility is gone. You can't go tell anybody anything that is not your story. That you, your family members know who you are. One of the things that, that I'm, and I'm closing, I'm closing. My wife won't let me come up here and say certain things. That's why I don't tell her everything that I'm going to say, because some things I would just like to say anyway, but if I, if I pre-clear it, 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 it's not coming out, because she's going to tell me all the reasons why I, I shouldn't say that. But the message here is, okay, listen to me. Listen to me. If everyone sweeps around his own door. Can you finish that? The whole world will be clean. If you witness to your family so that the penitentiary doesn't have to, if you witness to your family so that the teachers at school don't have to, if you witness to your kids and get them in line before they go to school, then other people will enjoy your kids as much as you do. Ain't they cute? Ain't they cute? They only cute so far. When they start moving and getting into stuff, no longer cute. God's program demands that we be witnesses to our city, to our communities, 
to the place where we have the most influence. If you can't influence your family, you can't influence. Jesus said a prophet's not even welcome in his own home because why? People know you. That, that, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm, and I'm closing. I'm closing. I am closing. I'm headed to my seat. Um, one of the things that is frightening for me and yet is, is a blessing is I can't go anywhere in Dallas, Fort Worth, and not be recognized by somebody. I don't care what store, what restaurant, somebody, even with a mask on, a lady called me out. Pastor Smith, you know, and somebody just hear you talk. She said, I know that voice. I know that voice. Okay. Do you know what that means? That means that all of the stuff I say in here, I have to always be doing when I go out there because somebody who is watching me, but they're not telling me that they're watching me, and then they're going to put me on Facebook. I'm not going on Facebook. I'm not doing that because I'm going to, I am going to walk my talk in Jesus' name. Let's give God praise. The power of the Holy Spirit, you will be a witness. You can't help but be a witness. And I praise God for how far he's brought me. And if you're here and you've never trusted Christ, if you've never yet said yes to him, if anything that we have said has an impact on your life, then I want you to know that Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. And that all you have to do to have eternal life is to turn from trusting yourself and turn to trusting Christ. And let me say this at, at, at the very end. There are going to be a lot of surprised people when Jesus comes back. They're going to say, you know, this stuff was really real. You know, that, that, you know who's, who is getting sick and dying from COVID right now? People who have not been vaccinated. Okay, and they say, oh, I don't need to be vaccinated. It's dangerous to be vaccinated. There's all these reasons to, to be, not be vaccinated. I told you that you, you go in. How many of you drink soda? Okay, you just lift the cap and put that thing to your mouth, don't you? You don't know who made that. You don't know what's in that. You trust that. You, you, op you open a loaf of bread. If somebody could have been playing with your bread before they cooked it. Just having fun with your bread, but you just open it, slap some mayonnaise on it, a little bit of meat, and you eating it. But you can't trust Christ. I think that that's not an issue of trust. That's an issue of rebellion. But he's here. He's here today. And he wants to welcome you into the family. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, thank you so much for today, for the grace that you give us. Lord, we acknowledge that it's in you that we live and move and have our very existence. We pray, we pray, Father, that someone will hear and they will come crying, what must I do to be saved? And that we will be able to share the good news about Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you heard these words, whether you are listening via the internet or you're here in this room, I ask you to text the word salvation using your smartphone to 
1-800-273-1177. And we will get back to you and walk you through this incredible process of knowing Jesus Christ personally. And if you'd like to give, um, if you are here in the sanctuary and you'd like to give, but you'd like to do it uh, online, text the word GIVE to 469-416-4262 or log on to our website, amitybc.org and uh, pull down the giving tab, click Give Now and follow the instructions. And if you'd like to send us a gift by mail, it's Amity Bible Church, Post Office, Box 852643, Richardson, Texas, 75085. Now, as I close, I want you to understand that sharing our faith is one of our 30 essentials. It is one of the 10 things that we practice in order to be fully devoted followers of Christ. All this month, we are going to be talking about sharing our faith with other people. And we ask you to join with us, pray with us that this message will be made clear. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you and we'll see you next time. Thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist you in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.